You're listening to Girls with Grafts, a burn community podcast created by Phoenix Society for Burn Survivors, a leading nonprofit dedicated to supporting the burn community. In this podcast, we'll talk with burn survivors, share resources to help with supporting and improving burn recovery, and discuss how to prevent burn injuries. Here are your hosts, burn survivors and Phoenix Society's marketing team, Amber Wilcox and Rachel Kudlak. Hello and good evening. Welcome back to Girls with Grass. I am Rachel Kudlak. I'm one of the hosts of the podcast and I am joined by my wonderful co-host Amber Wilcox. Hey there. Excited to be live today talking to you about all the amazing beauty tricks and tips. So um, without further ado, Rachel, I'm going to let you introduce our special guest um, before we get started. Yes. And I will also just add to if you are listening to this podcast live or not live, I highly recommend watching the video for this one. This is a really good video podcast you'll want to check out. So um, without further ado, I am excited to welcome Tanya Meisen, better known as Burn Beauty 2018. Um, to the podcast. She is a wife, mother of two adult children, luminary, human, 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 oh, whoa, 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 Uh, human, I can't say that word right now. Humanitarian, Um, yeah. Thank you. She's having a moment today. (laughs) I am. It's too late in the day, Um, but she's currently living in Atlanta, Georgia, so I'm so excited to have her. She is formerly a paralegal and realtor, Um, Tanya has always enjoyed helping and elevating others. After being burned over 30% of her upper body and almost losing the battle, nothing has changed. She has turned her pain into purpose. And although Tanya's methodology is different, the end goal remains the same, elevating others. She now uses hair, makeup, tutorials, and social media to help inspire other burn survivors in their recovery. She wants all survivors to understand that their wounds will heal and that with the right mindset, they can accomplish anything and overcome any obstacle thrown in their path. So Tanya, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Tanya, you are a very special guest for us, Uh, first and foremost, because um, if it weren't for you, uh, I credit knowing how to create girls with graphs to you. So um, I can't believe it's taken us two seasons to get you on here. But um, yes, uh, Tanya, I joined your podcast, uh, I would say about last year, and had the pleasure of getting to learn all the ins and outs of podcasting. We networked a little bit about um, what it was like to run a podcast. And and here we are. So I just want to thank you on behalf of everyone out there. Uh, (laughs) But also, (laughs) but also, you are a beauty influencer and uh, know all the things beauty, you've got quite the following on social. So we are super excited. Um, It sounds like we're going to kick it off with a special treat today. Mm -hmm. So um, (laughs) <laughs> we asked you to do some makeup with us. Um, and so before we dive into some questions um, today, I think you're going to show us um, a brow tutorial. Is that correct? Yes. And um, I've told so many people that have asked me in the past about my brows. Um, I left one. I've got one on. I wear <laughs> eyebrow wigs. I mean, they're so cool. I really love them. I can draw my eyebrows in 
with a pen or a pencil. But I love the tactile feeling of having the hair on my face. Mm -hmm. And this is where I tried to have them tattooed twice. And um, it just wouldn't stay in the grabs. And I had tattooed Mm -hmm. brows before I was burned. So somehow I found just one day on Etsy after I'd been burned eyebrow wigs. And it wasn't this particular brand I wear. Everybody's going to ask. I wear lashy brows now. But um, um, we can put that link in our podcast description for sure, um, Tanya, of of those uh, specific bras that you use. You said it got them on Etsy. Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't get these on Etsy. I'll give you a okay. link. I found okay. them originally because Etsy has a lot of people making eyebrow wigs if you're looking. And sure. I didn't even know it existed. I didn't know what I was looking for, y'all. I just knew that I didn't, I had no eyebrows. I hadn't had the tattoos done yet. And I was frustrated with drawing them on every day. Mm-hmm. Because it's a whole different ball game when you're trying to draw on a brow and you have nothing mm-hmm. to go by, no hair. Mm-hmm. No, it's a different ball game every day. And so, for those that are listening at home or listening to the podcast, your left eyebrow is the tattooed eyebrow, but it's faded now. Um, it's not as prominently um, kind of shown as I can see that you have with the eyebrow wig on the right. Right, right. So you can mm-hmm. see how beautiful that is. And the only thing that I have done is take an eyebrow, put some glue on the back. You can't even see the name on my glue, but it is called Prosade. You can't see the name because I've had it for so long. So well over a year at last, you buy it on Amazon. I'll give you a link to that. Um, I use that glue because it doesn't create any breakdown in the skin. Um, Effects or um, medical devices so I can put this eyebrow on which I'm about to do and um, it's just really not a problem at all for it to stay on for several days it doesn't break down my skin but you said it's made for medical devices is that correct what did you say it's made for medical devices is that um the Um, the type of glue it is. It's a medical adhesive and special effects too. Anything that you're okay. going to put on the skin. I don't um, particularly advise using eyelash glue if you're going to wear them as long as I do. Um, you can wear them three to five days, but honestly, I oh, wow. wear mine a bit longer. <laughs> so mm-hmm. with this glue, but this is something that I learned from another company um, before um I, I found these eyebrows. So what you're looking for though, I've already got the glue on the back. It's getting tacky and you can see it looks kind of white and everything. That's going to go away. I just put this eyebrow on right before we started and it's beautiful. I haven't done anything to it except stick it on. But when you're putting your eyebrow on, if you don't have a guide to go by, right? Then let me get this my thing. You don't have the guide to go by and you need to figure out where it goes. Well, it goes right here. Trying to figure out my hand the right way. Right in the middle of your nostril is the inner corner of your brow. Okay. Middle of your nostril, not your, not your eye, middle of your nostril. And then when you come up, it's going to be this is so hard. It's going to be when you come across the tip of your nose and the center of your pupil that's going to be your arch. Um, I'm going to have to put the eyebrow on. 
let me show you. I'm gonna put the eyebrow on so that I can better show y'all. But the act of putting it on is so simple. It's just glue and look in your mirror and lay it on. And you can let the glue get a little bit tacky. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I had to look to the side for a moment. No, you're fine. Um, you can let the glue get a little bit tacky for you so that it sticks well, just like mm -hmm. eyelashes. Oh, wow. Yeah. First. But see, now it's a, it's a little wonky, right? So you can still yeah. move it around. I'm going to have to pick up my mirror to do it. So you take a look at it and you literally just slide it on your face and it may stick to your finger like what just happened to me. Yeah. That is because I got glue on my finger. So that is not something that's not ideal and not something that I normally do. But let me put it on for you so again, in the middle of my nostril is where I'm trying to get the inner corner of the brow. And then it's just and, a game of adjusting it so that it fits correctly to that guide. Right. And that's the beauty of it. You can adjust it, mm -hmm. you know, before it gets completely dry. I like to put mine on at night, just a tip. I, I like to put them on at night on a clean face. Yeah. Um, because you see this glue right here. As we sit and go through the podcast, that mm -hmm. glue is going to disappear. It's going to go clear. Mm -hmm. And the eyebrow is going to adhere really well. And then you won't do anything to it if you just put it on at nighttime um, and let it let it set, let it dry. And remember to get the inner corner in the middle of your nostril and then a 45 degree angle between the tip of your nose, your pupil and your arch. If you can imagine that, just literally <laughs> take a pen, take a pen or something. And that's where your arch is going to be, right there. Mm -hmm. And then the outer corner is going to be on the outer corner of your eye, tip of your nose and right there. So it's pretty simple. The only you challenge easy. Works. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to adjust while so you'll see me adjusting while we do it. And this is something um that you guys see me do a lot. I know y'all see me doing it. If, if you've ever watched Burn Beauty, you've seen me doing this to my eyebrows. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm sort of like a tick at this point because I it's, it's, it's like a nervous tick for me, but mm -hmm. it's need to be moved these act these actually look really pretty um they're gorgeous i do um thank you i do a little extra with them i put a little brow powder on but now is not the time um right. you need to let them sit for a moment but i do have my left eye that is um already ready mm -hmm. it's already set so that's why i said leave it and i treat my brows like they're my actual natural eyebrow mm -hmm. and that is why they look a little bit different if you buy some and you put them on and you're like wait why doesn't it look like burn beauty that is why because i do like i just a little bit of anastasia beverly hills brow powder just like you would to your natural brow. Mm -hmm. You can use this. This is human hair. And when you do it, now you're filling it in. Now you've got a made up face. Um, the right one has to sit. Um, and I, 
And I'm sure some of this too is just trial and error. You have to kind of see what works out, even shades. I know different shades of brows and just kind of seeing what works best for you. Right. You have to figure it out because technically I wear a natural black. Technically it should not work for my skin tone, for the blonde hair. It just technically should not work. I should be in a dark brown, mm -hmm. like my natural hair. But for me, the natural black really works. Um, the only thing I just want you to be aware of is that if you don't have brows, you know, be sure of the measurements right in the middle of the nostril to the outer corner of the eye. And the height is just right on your brow bone, right where you feel that bone. And you can always adjust it. You're going to know whether it's right or not just by how it looks. You know where your brow is. And you know is that these are made for men as well. There are two styles made for men. Um, at least there used to be two. There may only be one, the George and the Brad. So think about that, George Clooney and Brad. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> love, love it. And all of these are named. I'm wearing Beyonce because I would. So of course, <laughs> there's only one. There's only one you want to wear, right? Like Beyonce is the only one I would want to wear. I only wear Beyonce or Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, love that's what they're called. Yeah, I think she um, did a really good job with the marketing, with the names. But let's mm -hmm. just let this set so that you can see by the end of the podcast, all this white, all this glue is mm -hmm. going to go away and it's going to look just like that brow. And it's so pretty to me. And I just love how tactile it is. And you can easily draw your brows in with the, with the brow pencil. And that looks really dramatic and pretty too. It's just a matter of preference. Mm -hmm. I really, really though, missed having some hair. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I didn't even know you wore an eyebrow wig until um, this podcast because they look so great and so real, but I had no idea. So that's really cool to, to share with those that maybe, you know, have lost their eyebrows and, and want to mm -hmm. um, have something there. It's wonderful. And I'll tell you what, even in person, the way we're doing this and the way just make sure it's secured down, even in person, people do not know that it's mm, not amazing. Real. I've had people come up to me just like that. And, look, <laughs> and go, oh, right. And <laughs> there it is. It's good. Mm -hmm. So this is a good thing for men and women. Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. And I can imagine that the wigs gluing them on is easier in the long run than it might be a little harder at the beginning to get used to it. But your rolling um, right. is, is tough because you want them to be, I've always heard what's the saying, like you want your brows to be sisters, not twins or something like that when you draw them on. Drawing them because I get, I have, I want twins. And then <laughs> I've told people that before I stopped drawing them because I'm very insistent on twins. Like right here, I'll continue to move this. See how close mm -hmm. the twins are. but yeah. if I do them they would be a lot different mm -hmm. because I feel like I'd have a hard time drying them too because it sounds like they last a long time so you don't have to do that like every single day I would get tired of doing that every day so it's probably super helpful to just be it able is. to stuff them on and go a couple days with them yeah it was not fun to draw them every day and I've gotten to a point where I was drawing them on if you look at my earlier pictures online they are drawn 
and they look good. They look pretty, but I would use, um, there's something called model in a bottle and it's an eyebrow um, sealant and mm -hmm. you can put the powder or draw your brow on and then seal it and it'll stay for two or three days as long as you don't wipe it off with mm -hmm. your- And you take a shower with them or can you get them wet and stuff and they're still okay? With the sealant, you could only get them like slightly wet. Yeah, I mean, okay. it would, like if it, if you were in the rain, you'd be okay. But if you washed your face, you would not. Okay. But these, these you can get wet. You can get um, wet. I check them in the morning when I get up because I sleep in these. Um, I've always got brows on fleek, people tell me, you know. <laughs> I mean, I've got no makeup on fleek. <laughs> Just the way it is, but... Um, I do, you know, wash and everything, get them wet. And I'll just check them in the morning and see if anything is coming up and take a little bit of um, of the glue on a, mm. uh, on a little brush, like a eyebrow lash br glue brush and just kind of stick it down in there and just make sure they stay, make sure they stay secure. Mm -hmm. and, and that's all I have to do for brows. So there you've saved 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, we we could draw them, but it's just, they're not as pretty. I just got to tell y'all, they're not as pretty. And these are great for alopecia and cancer. Mm -hmm. Third survivors and everyone. Well, and I know, so I, you can't really see it. I have half my eyebrow was burned off on this side. So when I, I don't, sometimes, sometimes on special occasions, I will fill it in just because mm -hmm. when I have full face of makeup on it just feels like I should have the rest of that eyebrow there right. um but even with drawing and I'm probably not using you know, the best products but with my hair it would wipe and then I would always have to make sure that it's not like oh like my eyebrow is going off on the side of my face <laughs> so if you're drawing them on then you de definitely want to use Anastasia Beverly Hills um all Anastasia Beverly Hills products if you're going to draw them and uh, and then just set your makeup. Mm -hmm. you know, when, when you set your face, it's going to set your brows too. Mm -hmm. It won't come off. <laughs> if you use Anastasia, that's all I can speak yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask you a little bit more just about, you know, makeup and fashion too. Um, a lot of people I'm sure know you from your Burn Beauty 2018. Um, was that something you, were you always into makeup before yes. your injury? And Okay. And then it just evolved after. It did. Um, I was, I've been into makeup ever since I was a little girl. I, I remember um, I was raised by my grandmother and I would find her old makeup because she didn't wear much, but I would find like this old, like 50s, 60s makeup. And this is the 70s, right? I didn't care. I'd put it on. It didn't match my skin or anything, but I would just play with it and play with it and play with it. And then as I got older into teenage years, I was the one that had a full face of makeup every day at school. It was just like all this intricate eyeshadow and things. And then I got married had kids young. Uh, I had two kids by the age of 25, married with kids. So you don't have a lot of time for glam makeup when you've got too little. This legal, but I always wear makeup. I was not ever going out without makeup, a little bit, you know? Um, well, probably what I call a little bit is what everybody else calls a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> probably you would call it a lot. <laughs> a full face of makeup. And mm -hmm. 
it just evolved. Uh, it was something that I thought after I got burned and my skin was so uneven, I thought, well, can I even this out? And I started to buy different products um, for skincare to try to even the skin tone, because that's the biggest thing. You can never cover your scars, y'all, that you can even out the skin tone. And when you do that, everything looks great. You know, every everybody stops looking at the ridges and things, if you can just even out the tone. And mm-hmm. so I bought every foundation I could find for a while until I got to Dermablend. And it was amazing for me. It did... Uh, a wonderful job for me. Uh, and it also helps fade your, fade the dark spots on your skin. I, I didn't even know. So I was doing my makeup every day as Burn Beauty. And I was like, wow, my face is looking really good. That that cream I bought is really good. And it was just my foundation mm-hmm. <laughs> doing what it should. And then I later found out that it did that. So it's, awesome. it, was just a, it was just like a fluke that I ended up being able to do this big, big makeup, um, just, just a fluke. Mm-hmm. And so it's a happy fluke because I was, I loved makeup my whole life and I was an artist, but I never thought of being a makeup artist. I thought of being a so, commercial artist. So you're not a makeup like, artist, but you, you learned how to do it. Can you tell us a little bit about how, like, did you just start watching YouTube videos? Like what happened to get you to where you are today? Um, to where I am right now? Well, I, I was really self-taught as um, when I was younger. I already knew how to do a lot. But after the burns, I wanted to know some specific things and kind of update myself on like how makeup is now. It's done a lot mm-hmm. different. And I didn't want my look to look like the 90s when it's, you know, 2023, you know, all these, they do a lot of different things now. So I started watching, um, I don't think it was on YouTube, I think it was on Facebook, um, Bailey Sarian, Murder and Makeup. She does, I don't know if you've seen her, if you've not, you need to watch it because she'll tell a story of, uh, you know, like uh, like a Dateline kind of story and do her makeup and she's one of the <laughs> talented. I have heard of that people. and I've heard it's interesting. <laughs> Oh, you that it's it's amazing. I've heard of her and I've heard it's really good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I watched her and watched her and watched her. And I and I was like, I've got this. I see what the differences are now. And and um then I just started going, you know, just, mm-hmm. just go, just do it and see when you're scrolling Instagram, you'll see people doing things all the time. Everybody's doing tutorials, right? I mean, it's not mm-hmm. hard to think tutorial it is hard to find a makeup tutorial for a burden survivor mm-hmm. so yeah so <laughs> I want to learn more just about you know I know a little bit about your story and your burn injury and how kind of the brand started but can you just share a little yeah. bit more um, with our listeners Absolutely. My, um, I was burned on December 17th of 2018. So that's why I'm Burn Beauty 2018. Um, and that was really because the name Burn Beauty was taken <laughs> when I, when I tried to sign up. So I became Burn Beauty 2018. Um, I was burned. It was my husband and I, and we were out by our fire pit a week before Christmas 
and we had had some wine. We're having a great time. My daughter, my kids had just moved out. My daughter came by. She was like, mom, I can hear you laughing all the way from the road. <laughs> that was the last pleasant thing I remember, y'all, because I went inside. It was this particular fire pit that you could cook on it. Um, it, it was um, something I bought my husband for Christmas the year before because he really liked sitting outside cooking, you know, by the fire, have a drink. So he's putting the grate on for me and I come back out and I go to put the meat on and he's squirting the lighter fluid at the same time. And I felt it, but it was just like one of those moments, y'all, you know, where it's like, uh-oh, right? Um, and before you could say, uh-oh, it was just sort of a, it just, it felt like it knocked my head back when the fire came. Um, and my, I didn't know for years, but my husband said in an interview we did together, he, he kept saying the wind shifted because he feels really terrible about it, but he said the wind shifted. So he knew what was happening too. And then when that wind shifted, there was nothing that could be done. So I, I ran because it was, it was so out of the blue. You know, it was just like I wasn't in I wasn't in danger. I wasn't in an accident. I wasn't in a house fire. I was just standing there and now I'm on fire. And so I just ran. I stopped, dropped, and rolled. I did not know that stop, drop, and roll does not work if you have accelerant on you. Um, And so it did not work. I was rolling and rolling and I accepted it. I, I just said, okay, so this is how I died. And, um, I just accepted it. And I started to say the Lord's Prayer. And then all of a sudden I thought, as y'all can imagine, I'm not one to just accept things that quickly. So after I started the prayer, I thought, well, let me let me ask God. And I, I just said, am, you know, God, am I really supposed to be dying this way? I'm laying on my driveway burning alive. And I was burning alive. Every, you know, all my thoughts were together that I could smell fire. It was in my face. I could feel the flames. And um, God answered immediately, but he did it through my husband's mouth. And my husband, I didn't know I was speaking out loud. I wasn't even thinking of my husband. But he said, I got you, baby. I got you. And I was like, whoa. It's Donald, right? Because I, I, for that moment, it was just like me, this fire, and God. That was it. I, I There was nothing else that my mind could think about. And when he said that, I thought, oh, I'm going to live. And he was putting me out with his jacket. He burned himself up to his elbows. And, and these flames were big. He's six foot four. And he burned himself up to his elbows, putting me out. And as soon as it was over... I ran to the house to look at my face. Can y'all believe that? That's why I really like what I do now because our beauty standards are so challenging Mm -hmm. that the first thing I wanted to see was my face as a matter Mm -hmm. of how bad is it. And I was in shock too. Um, I just recently for Burn Awareness Week, let everyone know that after I ran in and looked at myself, uh, my face was just a little bit red. So I thought it was okay. And I said to my husband, well, maybe I need to go to the doctor in the morning. And so I was in shock. I would have laid down in bed. If it was me alone, I would have laid down in bed and just died. 
And he was like, no, no, the ambulance is on the way. And when they, he had this look in his face that I'd just never seen on his face before and I didn't know what it was. But when every, when the firemen and everyone got there, uh, they all had the same look, all these men, because I was standing up and I was talking. I had this rush of adrenaline, but I didn't realize that my clothes are burned off. You know, my skin is, you know, there's skin burned off. It's mm-hmm. hanging. Hang. I didn't realize, I just didn't realize what was happening, but I saw the look mm-hmm. on their face. I never want to see it again. It was horror. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen mm-hmm. that on any but, you know, the, yeah. the, the in the back and, um, the last words I remember, I asked, I asked the EMT, um, am I going to die? And he said, no. And I said, would you tell me that even if you thought I was going to die? And he said, yes. And then he said, push fentanyl. And that was it for mm-hmm. two months before, because they put me in a coma for two months. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a, an, just incredible listening to, you know, the series of events just leading up to you getting to the hospital. And, you know, we, we do hear that from survivors too, that adrenaline and you yeah. thinking it's more okay than it may be in that mm-hmm. moment. Um, but everything's happening so quickly and you've never been in that experience before. And, and you can't feel the pain. Mm-hmm. I no. have third and fourth degree burns. I mean, for y'all that- yeah, In your case, you definitely couldn't feel. I know like I had second on my hand so I could scream for that. But you know, you're the parts that weren't, you're like, oh, it's just- and it's at no the time, because it's hurt worse, right? Right. And at the time I had thought like, oh, I'll just be in overnight, right? Like that was the thought is, oh, it'll just be a couple of hours. Um, and it's not until you really, reality sets in. And in your case, you were out for two months. So that's, I'm, I'm sure an even bigger- um, reality check right after coming out of that but uh yeah that was rough because you know I my face was red and I thought it was okay I didn't know that it takes a couple of days for the skin to become necrotic and um you know need to start to come off and and that's what happened my entire face was replaced twice the first time it it didn't take the grafts didn't take so it was done again, and um, the only thing left from my original face is my bottom lip. Um, but, you know, with my love of makeup and things, it's just really deep in my mind that the only thing I wanted to know was about my face. Mm-hmm. You know, like, after a fire, I've got third and fourth degree burns, and I want to go look in the mirror. But I think that's because of the fear of God. You know, I felt the fire. You know, if my face is burned off, then who, I mean, who do you know? Who if Part you're your identity. Not a survivor, who do you know that has a burned face? Mm-hmm. Pretty Krueger for me, because I'm of that generation, and it and it was terrible. And even mm-hmm. after I woke up home, I wouldn't look in the mirror for about two months. Yeah. So I want to talk about that if it's okay with you, Tanya. So you woke up from your coma and for two months uh, or after two months, and you said it took another two months before you looked in the mirror. Um, One, I'd love for you to tell us like what got you to go to that mirror, but then um, to like, um, you know, how did you feel once you 
did have that reaction. Um, if you could talk, because I know that's something that happens a lot, right? Survivors having to look at what had actually happened. Right. Um, I, I originally didn't look because, you know, understand that in my coma, I remember every dream I had and every dream was about looking for my family. I, I couldn't understand where my family was. I didn't know I was in the hospital. I was living this life um, where I'm looking for my husband. And, and when I wake up, my husband's kissing my face. My daughter's there and she hugs me and she says, mom, you're the smartest person I know. And my son is there and everything's good, but I can feel my face and it doesn't feel like it's attached to my body at all. It feels like a, literally like a mask. So I knew it was bad. And um, so I immediately did not want to look because I was happy. I'm alive. Let, let, let me just take this moment and be in it. Um, I'm alive. I've been looking for my family for two months in my mind. They're here now. Let me just live with that. And then it, it turned into more of a fear. The more I felt it, the more I knew that it was really an issue. You know, that, And by it, I mean my face. I knew it was really an issue. Um, I, I didn't really choose to look at it. I went all the way to physical therapy. They knew not to show me mirrors. And when you, they would roll me by in the wheelchair, you know, it would be cover the head or hold you down. And then in bed by myself, I'd gone septic while I was in rehab, physical rehab. And, um, I was back in Grady hospital and nobody was in the room except me. And I'd just gotten strong enough to pick up my iPhone. And I picked it up and I saw myself in the black mirror in the screen of the iPhone. And I was like, oh, so then I turned on the front camera and I just looked. And I was so happy that I was there alone. I needed to be alone in that moment because, um, People tell you that it's, we all say it's the anticipation that killed you. It's not as bad as you think it's going to be, uh, things like that. And it was a hundred times worse. I will not kid you. It was a hundred times worse than I thought it was going to be. My bottom lip, my mouth wouldn't close. So my bottom lip was way down here and my teeth shut, but you could just, it's like that all the time and my eyelids were puffy, and my face didn't look like a face. And it didn't feel like it was attached. And the thing that got me was that I didn't realize my mouth had been hanging open like that the whole time. I knew it was open because one nurse tried to insist on putting mouthwash in. She put it in, it ran out the other side, right? I knew it was open, but I didn't know it was like that. And I couldn't, it, it was, I was so glad to be there and just alone and just crying. And then I called my husband. He was just down getting something to eat. And I was like, I saw my face and he was like, I'm on my way. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm on my way. I'm coming. And I'm getting ice cream on the way home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was like, I'm coming. Yeah, please bring me something. But it was, uh, it, it was shocking. You know, and I'm glad that the hospital didn't force me to look any sooner than I needed to, because I have heard of people say that sometimes they're forced to look, or maybe that's a thing of the past. Well, now, I maybe. did want to 
I did want to ask you about that because, you know, we, we have nurses and healthcare professionals listening to the podcast. So if they do have a patient who maybe doesn't want to see themselves, what would you, you, you think just kind of let them on their own time? Mm -hmm. their face. Let them be. It's, mm -hmm. it's their face. It's their decision. I think um, I had joy because I finally found my family. I fought mm -hmm. to get through that coma, to get to my family and to wake up and don't do it. You know, if we're like, no, we don't really, you know, that's not really a, a big thing for me right now, mm -hmm. then let it not be a big thing. It's not something that we need to have this radical acceptance of. We don't, nobody needs that. We can take our time. It's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's not going anywhere. The only thing it could do is get better, maybe, because mm -hmm. it's healing. So there's, I really think we should be left to our own decisions and all the nurses at Grady and all the people, fortunately, that I had in rehab were very respectful of it, even though some of them would say, trying to encourage me and say, don't let this control you, girl. Don't let it control you. And I knew that, you know, I knew it, but it was going to have to control for a minute until my mind. So you're ready. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that I waited because it was so much worse than I thought it was. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that's a hard thing to, that's a hard thing to, I think, accept for, for yourself is to just know that you're not the same person that you once were. And there's an, there's a new face on there, right? It's different when yes, uh, maybe you weren't. <laughs> Even now, yeah. I'm, I'm very accepting of the way I look now. I love the way I look and all that. <laughs> I'm it, I love my makeup, but this is not the same face that I had for 45 years. Mm -hmm. And it takes some time to accept and that. And whenever somebody wants to look, let them look. And you can encourage them if you want to, but whipping out a mirror or forcing mm -hmm. it or oops, anything. No, mm -hmm. absolutely so not. That, I, that would have stolen all, it would have stolen my joy and it might have stolen some of my determination. And I still had a lot, we still had a lot to get through just mm -hmm. because we awakened from the coma. You know, I had pneumonia over and over again and sepsis and there was still a lot of things to fight. You've still got to have the determination in you. You don't want anything to, to bring mm -hmm. you down. And, okay. and, and if it's going to be a face, no. No, you know, I went from the face being the most important to I don't want to, I don't even want to see it because what I have here is good. I'm alive and I have my family. So that would, that I didn't realize it then, but there was already a lesson that I had learned just in that time, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and we have so many stringent beauty standards, you guys know, it, it's ridiculous. And I, that's why I'm really enjoying um, really feeling very proud of legitimately being a beauty influencer now. Before I was kind of like, okay, I'm a beauty influencer. But now I'm like, okay, people are sending me boxes of makeup so that I'll wear their makeup. That is like, so we are seen, you know, we, mm -hmm. we don't have to be perfect. You know, there's other models that are urban survivors and things, but we are seen. You know, mm -hmm. and, and mine is a lot more severe. And I'm a 49-year-old, kind of curvy, burn survivor. And why can't I be the face of L'Oreal? 
because I was, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, for dermablend. So we can mm-hmm. all do anything. It's just we have to let go of what we're being called and those devilish filters. On, <laughs> um, I'm so glad I don't have to deal with those as a as a as a youngster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tanya, oh, sorry, Rachel, go ahead. No, <laughs> we're probably going in the same direction because you know, burns forever or not, facial scarring or not. We have standards, like you said, We there's beauty standards that people think we have to look like a certain way or dress a certain way or whatever it is. So how did you get to the point now that you feel confident and comfortable in your own skin and you're happy to get on the camera and show off your makeup? How how did you get to this point? I was also going to... I was also going to say, I know, Tanya, you've gone viral, like not once, but I think multiple times, correct? Yes. It was a daily mail. Um, and we talked about this when you, I was on your podcast, but um, yeah, can you talk about that growth from like going viral to creating this influence, like base of beauty, you know, followers? Right. It's, um, it's amazing. So when you go viral, I, I have a something trending, I call it trending right now with a couple hundred thousand likes on it and it's going all around the world and you can watch it go and when you when that happens for you right if you're trying to do this when that happens for you now is a good time to approach companies to to use your influence to say hey i would love you know i would love to be the you know the face of um whatever L'Oreal or Dermablend or, or, you know, whatever, Maybelline, you know, or can I do this? And you would not believe how many times if you've got a following and you've gone viral, I, I don't think anyone has told me no. And not only that, I haven't even been asking lately. People have been contacting me. So I have tried to focus on what my original goal was, which was not to do makeup, or get deals or anything. It was to help other burn survivors. And I remind myself of that. I have the Burn Beauty Foundation too. I have a nonprofit that I hope to build someday, you know, like like I want to be young when I grow up. But that was the reason I started doing this. And when I started doing the makeup, I realized I could earn a little bit of money here and there. And I thought, oh, I'll just put it in my nonprofit. And then I realized, wait, I can actually like make a living if I do this right and run it like a business. And why is that? At first, I didn't, I wasn't accepting of that. It was like I wasn't worthy of that. It's hard to explain because anybody else that does makeup expects to make money. Mm-hmm. But for me, I almost felt guilty. It was like, why should I be doing this to make money? I should be doing this to earn money for other survivors. And I am. I donate, you know, 30% of my money always goes to my nonprofit. And, um, but why aren't I worth it? That's the thing we've got to get to. Why can't, I never thought I'd be able to do anything to earn another dime. So why aren't I worth it? So that's, and I hear that in a lot of other people. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the hump you have to get over because you can go viral all you want. You can get the boxes from Fenty and all that. <laughs> but until you understand your worth, you know, then. Tanya, so 
Tell me a little bit about how you get there, right? So um, what resources? I know. Um, oh, you have to, like how? Say again. <laughs> well, I had it like, <laughs> well, there's, well. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, um, yeah, how, <laughs> how have you been able to get <clears throat> to where you are? Like what? Um, I think, uh, you're not going to believe it, but. Uh, my answer is going to be manifestation (laughs) because my Mm -hmm. first deal that I got was with L'Oreal. It was the company I wanted and they came to me on TikTok. I had almost no followers, maybe a thousand, but they saw me, they liked me and they offered me a deal and paid me. After that, I'd already gotten a manager. I'm no longer under management right now. I, I let that go. I'm doing it on myself. Um, because I needed, I needed, I needed everything to align with the main goal, which is helping other burn survivors. And so I removed management for now because management wants, takes a portion. Management is focused only on the monetary aspect of it. And that's not what I'm all about. You know, I do a lot of things, um, for free. So I did have a manager who was trying to help get me out there. She made an electronic press kit for me, which is like a resume. Um, mm-hmm. Or have you seen one? It's like a resume for entertainment. It's one page. Mine has a moving video on it and a couple of pictures and a short graph. It should be one page, but you have to get professional photos and someone to write it. And you'll spend a couple of thousand dollars on that. And then I literally um, started sending it to people on Instagram. And I always, even now, I got a box from Fenty just by commenting on a post that they had that something was really pretty. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's going to make such a big difference on my Cupid's bow because I don't have it anymore. And that's why I have this piercing. And I like made a comment like that. And they were like, hey, boo, we'll send you. <laughs> hey, boo, let me send you a box of makeup. That's literally what they said. <laughs> and they sent a letter. So putting yourself out there is the only way I know. I don't have any, any like connections. Mm-hmm. Um, being seen when people ask you to, if you can be seen on a podcast do that um, if, if this is what you want to do. You know, if you can be seen, people are going to come and want to make documentaries. If you're, you don't even have to be big for that. Shake My Beauty came to me when I only had maybe not even 5,000 followers, probably. They just like my story. Mm-hmm. So get your story out. Tell it. Mm. Tell your story. Tanya, what about the physical and emotional recovery? So, um, or the emotional recovery and mental, you know, so, um, I understand, um, you know, your influence is a huge, huge part of it, but I also understand you found Phoenix Society pretty late in your recovery journey. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that and what it was like to find Phoenix Society and, and those resources? I'm glad you said that because I did want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. I had started doing the whole thing, doing burn beauty, and I was helping other people just kind of like white knuckling it, listening to people's stories and just listening. And it was overwhelming because if you're an empath, you take it all in. Well, um, my good friend, Jeanette, 
aged aunt, <laughs> um, finally said one day, there's a support group with the Phoenix Society because I had never gotten to go to one because um, by the time I was physically ready to go, COVID had come and I really didn't know a thing about virtual meetings at the time. Um, I knew that there had been a meeting at my hospital once a month and it was it was no more. So when I went to the first meeting at the Phoenix Society, it was like, wow. That was where I could talk. And even if you don't talk, just sometimes sit and listen. That was where I could relieve my burdens, you know, Mm -hmm. because I'm taking a lot in when I'm hearing stories and, and helping people. And that's what I do literally all day. It's not the makeup in the air and the and the post. I'm generally talking to people all day. So mm-hmm. Phoenix helped me with that a lot. And I became a life coach so that I would be sure to lead people better than I found them. But, I, you know, of course, I still tell people to go, go to the support group and get a therapist. But that, that was a big turning point. I think mm-hmm. it really helped me. Um remember to take care of myself mm-hmm. um, while I was taking care of others. It reminded me to do that. And and I think that's a really big part of, I don't think I answered the question about how I got to the confidence. I think that was a big part of how I did it. It When I can relieve myself of my burdens, then I could mm-hmm. focus on things. And every time someone you know, a company came and said, hey, we'll send you this, we'll send you that. I felt so much more validated. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to be perfect because I wasn't mm-hmm. sure to begin with. I mean, beauty on Instagram is cutthroat. Mm-hmm. So, Definitely. Well, going to the society helped me. Yeah. And that I know one thing I've heard you talk about too is just staying resilient and how things will always get better. So, how what advice or what would you tell a survivor maybe who isn't isn't feeling that right now and isn't sure if it, things are going to get better and how to stay resilient throughout the journey well you know sometimes you're going to have the days where you're not happy and you're allowed to have those you're just not allowed to stay in them so you can have a day where you stay in bed and I'll tell you it's self-care all day to watch a movie. <laughs> if you stay there for a few days, then I'm going to tell you that you need to get up because you have to take that time for yourself, but remember that you're still, you're still in, you're still in this game. You're still in life. Things are still going to get better. We can't hide away because I stayed in my house two and a half years mm-hmm. and I don't, I, I so hope for people not to have to go through that process if they can get to the support groups early then um, and see people like me and the other influencers that are here in the support groups online. Maybe it's a process that they can do. Um, it's not about being quicker because you can take your own time, but you can do it with a little more joy in the resilience, with a little more joy, even on the bad days, knowing that they get better. Um, because it's, you know, my, my catchphrase is this too shall pass and it will, it doesn't matter what it is, but 
it doesn't mean you're not going to be heartbroken. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to feel great one day and terrible the next. It doesn't even mean that, you know, tomorrow I'm not going to wake up and think, oh, it's just so terrible. I don't even know I'm doing this. And sometimes feel like it doesn't mean any of those things. It just means you keep getting up and you keep trying because things keep getting better. Your skin keeps healing and so does your mind. Mm-hmm. And so Tanya, oh, go ahead, Rachel. I was just going <laughs> to add one more quick thing. And I know we're running short on time and we want to ask you our two final questions. But I just want to also add that, you know, we talk about the beauty standards we see on Instagram and social. You can also follow the people you should be following. You can hide people or unfollow mm-hmm. or block or whatever that means for you is okay. I- but following, you know, for me, I know I cut out some of the, you know, popular models and influencers or whatever I used to follow yeah. on Instagram because I don't look like them. I don't want to look like them anymore. And it just was the right thing for me to do for my health. Things changed, right? Mm-hmm. That's what's amazing. And I just did a piece with a filter the other day. There's this unbreakable filter on TikTok. And I was so upset about it. I don't think I slept that night. So ridiculous. <laughs> and the thing is, it didn't even recognize my face and put makeup on it because of facial mm-hmm. differences. So that'll tell you. You can definitely unfollow. You don't have to look at it. There are a lot of influences out there. I've seen mm. a lot of people that are in this space right now. Tanya, we've post. talked about that before, but, and I know you talk about this a lot on your podcast, but the, um, we work with, you know, the partner, um, FEI, um, face, face equality international and, yes. um, social media, right. is a big part of, um, mm. and AI of facial rec- recognition. There's a lot happening out there right now where, um, yes. different things are happening with, with social media platforms, um, whether it's on TikTok or um, I know we have some folks that have had experiences with dating apps, um, right. not recognizing your face or recognizing it and then thinking that it's inappropriate or getting marked. Um, so a that's a big thing graphic. that violent and graphic and that is a big part of, um, I think, your stance, right, of standing up against, um, you know, this is who I am and this is my face. And yeah. uh, and there's it. a lot of work out there that the FEI, but I know you're also working on yourself of, of helping to combat those. Definitely. Those and I love FEI. Um, when I found them, I, I, it was very liberating. But after they marked my face violent and graphic, I um, there's boo <laughs> after they marked it um, violent and graphic. I um, started appearing without makeup a lot more. The violent and graphic that <laughs> so, you know. I love no, that. I love that you're just saying like uh-uh. this is this is me, and and I'm going to continue to show myself regardless of what I look like. So that's well, how, really why, beautiful. How can we possibly be expected to hide our faces. Mm-hmm. Well, I know mm. we are short on time here, Tanya. <laughs> so um, we do want to ask you two final questions. Okay. Um, first and foremost, and um, I know you must have a fabulous answer to this, given the Beyonce eyebrows <laughs> that you're wearing. So um, we want to know what self care looks like for Tanya. So. Um, what is oh. that? What is that self care practice that you you do to help 
continue, especially because you got yourself out there. I was just looking, you have over 62,000 followers on Instagram. So um, you were in front of people all day long. So um, what do you do to protect yourself, right, with self-care? Um, definitely positive affirmations. I talk to, I, I post them every day. I actually live by them. Every Sunday, I try to take some me time, just a physical thing. I love to like exfoliate. Like I don't really do bubble baths because I can't do it, but just take some time to do the things you want to do, not in a hurry. No I fun. Love that. Uh, I love doing that. And then maybe watch it you know one of those guilty pleasure shows and i love to read that really takes me away i have my little kindle it's the best thing i ever got mm-hmm. because then i don't have all those notifications running on my phone because yeah. mm-hmm. um, i've been trying to read on my phone it's impossible so my kindle is my i love it the most i haven't had time to read it lately that i'm about to have time after surgery <laughs> But I also think that self-care um, lately for me has been making sure that the people around me are the right people. Mm, and, that's uh, huge. And we don't need to go into it all, but it's, there's been some, not like my husband, he's, he's, he's doing it. <laughs> but, you know, just uh, things like that, you know, like mm-hmm. make sure. Saying no to the things that don't serve you. That's what one of my mantras mm-hmm. for this year was like, if this person is not serving me in my life right now, then it's okay that I don't have mm-hmm. to, to engage or don't have to be friend. Um, and that's, it's a hard thing to, to do sometimes, especially if you're a giver. But yes. um, mm-hmm. I think that's really important. The other thing I heard you say was self-care, right? Like exfoliating or something. So for a while I couldn't take baths either. Um, and I love a good bubble bath, but I know for me, um, if I don't have time for that bubble bath, right. Just like doing something else, right. So buying a nice soap for myself or, um, spending extra time doing some like Mm -hmm. lotion for my face that can be self-care and can be just as nice if you take, like, sometimes we're going so much, like take five minutes to just do something nice for yourself that you enjoy. So I love that you said that because, not yep. everybody can t- take a bubble bath or do everything, but there is that opportunity yeah, to just take five minutes. The, the Dove exfoliant, I'll do that. I'll do my whole body and I feel so special afterwards, you know, like, yeah. Sun, and it's mm-hmm. like yeah. it feels really I love nice. that. Yeah. And it takes yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a good exfoliation on my face. It always makes me feel clean and so nice. <laughs> yes. Well, okay. And our, our last question, um, I just would love to know if you do anything special to celebrate your birthday. I was in the, no, I was in the hospital last year. Um, but you know, this is, it was a transition. I have been Mm -hmm. afraid of my anniversary until this year. It's been four years. So I think that now I'm not afraid of it anymore, Mm -hmm. that maybe I will do something special to actually celebrate it rather than be afraid of it Mm -hmm. and dread it. That's what I've been doing for four years. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, it's going to be that day. It's going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. No. That's brave of you to say. Well, I know you've shared your vulnerability so much on this episode, and I personally appreciate that so much. Of just saying, like sometimes we are just afraid of those things, or just, it I makes us uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. uh, thank you for yeah. sharing that. Yeah. 
Definitely. Yeah. And I will tease an upcoming episode of Gross Like Graphs that Amber and I are going to host all about anniversaries and sharing some of the ways we've celebrated. So it's coming out in April. So you'll definitely have to take a listen and maybe you'll get some inspiration for this inspiration year. Inspiration about excited. <laughs> I would love to know what people do for, for fun on their anniversary because that's where I'm headed now. Yes, oh, absolutely. Well, Tanya, this has been nothing but a pleasure as always. Um, we will definitely put all of those links from the show today in our show notes because mm-hmm. you shared some great things. So I have a running list to have you send us of all the things okay. that um, you talked about. We need. <laughs> we need. Um, and then in, <laughs> in addition, it sounds like you've got TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. So if anybody wants to stay connected with you, um, you have your foundation. So we'll put all those links in our show notes and have them stay connected. Um, okay. And yes, as Rachel said, um, we appreciate anyone that wants to subscribe and continue to, to listen to uh, this podcast. But Tanya also has her own podcast mm-hmm. um, as well. Tanya, do you want to share a little bit about that before we close out today? My podcast is Burn the Ambition, but I am in between seasons right now. I'm revamping it. The first season, I interviewed burn survivors just to hear how different people survived. And the second season, I did more speaking about how I survived. And now I want to change it to maybe a more topic-driven and maybe a more maybe more of a mixture. Mm-hmm. But I'm working on that, and it's called Burn the Ambition, and I created it simply to put something out there for survivors to listen to, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's awesome that you guys are doing the same thing. Maybe well, really we appreciate all your knowledge and everything you've shared with us, Tanya. This has been wonderful as always, and we hope to talk to you again soon. Yes. I hope to see y'all soon. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you so much. Whatever Bye. I want to do, this too shall pass. Love you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Girls with Crafts. If you are enjoying this content, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.